here at Lake Grove Presbyterian Church, we recognize the complexity of this season and are inviting all of us to reflect on our experience of this complicated and uncertain time. Welcome to Caring Conversations. We are so glad that you have taken some time to join us today. We have been talking about emotional exhaustion and how during this time, many of us have just felt the effects of fatigue. And in the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about ways that we could try to breathe life into our emotionally exhausted states. And so today, Pastor Susan, I'm so glad that you are bringing to us a topic and a way to help us during this fatigue. I'm so glad to be with you and hello everyone. It really has been an, an emotionally exhausting time. And we have been, it's been a rich conversation to talk about the different ways that we can work to heal our emotional exhaustion, stepping towards more life. And I love even the way you phrase that, of breathing into us some life during this. Because I tell you, and I am certain that each of you instantly in your mind, something will pop in as soon as I say it, but the world just serves up something every single day to be hopeless about. It really, we cannot um, barely open our, well, our phone or a newspaper, if you still get such hard copy newspapers, a headline, turn on the news without something that feels so devastating. And so, you know, in holding that for just a moment, I would like to say, you know, as Christians, we do, we weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. But it can be exhausting to have such an onslaught of difficult things, which a year of the pandemic, crisis, civil unrest, racial, oh, injustice and division can bring to us. And so how do we live in a world like that? And how is there any hope to not be anything but emotionally exhausted? We have, in our earlier conversations, referenced a work um, by Dr. Swenson on margin, actually a medical physician. He was looking at this crisis he had seen developing, and this is actually many years ago, of people coming in with such exhaustion, um, and it's affecting their entire life. And he had listed out some things that could help with this. And one of them is envisioning a better future envisioning a better future. I think that really is a gift for us. And I want to remind us of some scriptures that we have where this has been practiced over the centuries, right? We see it in Revelation of the apostle John saying there and writing down, I see a new heaven and a new earth. And then beautiful language, if you're not familiar with that scripture passage, then it will come that there is no more mourning, there is no more weeping, there is no more death. And in Isaiah, also this, this is from Isaiah 65, where it's these hopeful words. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. And then it will continue on to be, to make Jerusalem, the beloved people, the beloved city, a delight 
the people a joy. There won't be the sound of weeping or crying. Never again will there be an infant who lives only a day or an old man who does not live out his years. And one, in reflecting on this and those scripture passages, I was struck by every generation of people has to lean into this hope, right? That there is a better future. And God gives us that, I think, framework in that of laying out, this is what I'm doing. And it's a vision for us that gives purpose and meaning, even direction and structure. And we need all of that. Otherwise, we can just get stuck in the hopelessness. What are your thoughts as I just open up that wide topic? What, what comes to mind for you? Oh, I think I will just um, express how as soon as you said those words, envision a better future, I could physically feel my body take a deep breath and just uh, breathe in. Yes, like we don't have to hold our breath anymore in the um, sorrow and the pain and the angst and the injustice and all of that. But we can, we can, yeah, okay, just take a deep breath and be filled with, with hope. Um, and so I particularly like then how you're moving us then. It's not just like um, feel good hope, you know, um, but there is um, in this hope for a better future, what is the vision that we are seeing? And so that structure of the purpose, meaning, direction, and structure, um, and how having those four can help us ground our hope. So I appreciate that. Yes. I think that's really the key, isn't it? That we are, it's not like Pollyanna or a uh, pie in the sky or just a dream that will never come to reality. Really, it's something very visceral and local. And to continue our conversation and anchor it a little bit, I want to share one more scripture. And that's this one many of you will know from Ephesians. And I'm going to share it with us now. This is Ephesians 2, starting at the end of verse 4. And the beauty of these first words too, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. So the beauty of that sentence there is God is always moving towards us with love. And it was at the point that we were dead in all the wrong, right? And to me, that speaks so powerfully to a world that I described that we're living in, that every day we open up and say, oh my goodness, if there is anything that is speaking of death, it is this, our way of just violent responses to one another, um, division, continual hatred, um, and you name it, from racism to injustice to all sorts of just hideous ways that we treat one another, each one of us made in the image of God. God anchors us in and says, I made you alive even when you're in the middle of that, which means you do not have to live that way. That's really profound to me and that we live in this grace that actually literally saves us. And it will say that God, through the mystery of God, the Holy Spirit, through Christ's resurrection, that we're actually with Christ in the way things are in heaven right now 
I'm going to jump down to um, verse 10 of that, which is for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so here's where I think it anchors us in right now. Okay, you could have been dead in this, like this is the only way to live, but Christ actually makes us alive in this world and then gives us a purpose, a meaning, a, uh, a vision of how things can be different and we can set up a life, a structured life to live that way. Yes, that is such a good word. It also reminds me of our, um, well, at, at Lake Grove on Easter Sunday, uh, Pastor Mark talked about resurrection being a coming in, in uh, the darkness and resurrection coming in moments of grief. And so just being made alive with Christ when we could have been dead mm-hmm. is so powerful. That is the gospel. That is right. the, the gospel. Yeah. That is, that is actual good news. And I think to even bring it down a little closer to us, I would invite people to, okay, actually sit down and envision that better future sit down and write it out and use from today or actually if that feels a little bit too hard maybe go ahead and push it out to something that doesn't seem so overwhelming that you can envision oh this is my dream god and write it out and then as you're writing that out maybe ask for the courage and um, strength to go closer and closer in right with something that maybe is really grieving you whether it's a broken relationship broken system um, a broken you name it of Lord in this, in this very thing, what is the better future? And let your words, you know, listen for what may be coming to you from the Lord and write that out. Because it is as much a discipline to keep our eyes focused on Christ. And I think that's going to be more difficult for us because the world is always going to throw up the other ones, right? It is always going to put those in front of our eyes. And so you and I we need to have a disciplined, practiced structure of leaning into this hope. So writing down can actually, uh, writing down how we envision the future, the, the better future. Mm-hmm. As we do that in prayer and being led by the spirit, it can help give us structure. Yes, and it can help orient us of, okay, where do I put my foot? Where do I step the next thing? What word comes out of my mouth the next? What posture do I take? Which (laughs) that anchors us in A, again, it's the only one you control is yourself, right? But you can be part of that made alive and stepping towards the future, the beauty of God's goodness and the way we treat one another, you have a profound impact. And it is little by little by little that we do that. And I think that the power too of coming together as a community of whole groups of people, this is what the hope and the dream of the church is, that all of us collectively doing these things together helps bring that about. Well, thank you, Susan. I think this is such an encouraging word for us to remember that we don't have to be consumed or lost um, in the despair 
of, of the news or the headlines, but there is, this is something very practical and tangible that we can take with us and put into practice so that we can, um, we can live in hope, in the hope of Christ in this way. So thank you for bringing this topic to us today. And thank you all for listening and for joining us again. We um, look forward to the next time when we can be together. Take care. Bye.